Welcome to another episode of the Jackpot Podcast. It's still me, Victor, and I'm glad that you're listening. Thank you very much for some of the feedback I've received. And like always, on this podcast, we talk about the lived experiences of Nigerians in the diaspora. But today, we are going to be discussing a very important issue, money. But before that, I'd like you to meet my guest, who I'm going to let introduce himself. Um, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Kenny. Um, I'm here in Germany studying international corporate communications and media management in a master's program. Um, it's actually um, been nice, cool so far. I mean, yeah, except for cultural shock. I that. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's, it's a nice place to be and yeah, I'm glad to be here today. All right. Nice to have you here, Kenny. If you listen to the first episode of this podcast, I had Mitchell and we mentioned Kenny Day or Kenny in the podcast. So he's the one we have here. Him and I and Mitchell are in the same program and we met during the orientation process. Exactly. Yeah, and since then we became, back, back then we were still in Nigeria, but since then we became friends and we moved from Nigeria to Austria and now yeah. we're in Germany. I mean, the journey, <laughs> the journey of embassy and all of that, exchange semester, I mean, it was really a lot back then, but it was worth it actually. Yeah, I mentioned in that episode that on we I, you and Michelle have to be in another episode <laughs> where we have to discuss how that journey went. It's going I to be a long right? episode. Exactly. So we talk about everything. It was really stressful, really, really stressful, I must say. But then here we are. Yeah, yeah. So before we commence on discussing the topic which I already mentioned, I would like to find out how the journey started for you. Well, um, it, I mean, it boils down to having the resolve to push whatever it is you want to push, okay. get going in life. It wasn't entirely easy, especially getting to know that we had to do our first semester in Nigeria. So, I mean, you, you tell people you are studying outside the country, but you are receiving lectures in Nigeria. In Nigeria. I, 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 it might look stupid because... My brother told me actually, I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. You said you, you, you gained a scholarship, but you are in the corner of your room receiving lectures. Does it even make sense? So it was a bit challenging, but I mean, we were able to get through with that. Yeah. And even if we were in Germany, then it would have still been the same thing because yeah, it was classes were online. online. Exactly. Yes. And all classes were online. So it's still more or less the same thing and all of that. But I mean, after that, you know, getting to know that we have an exchange semester to do in another country, and so yeah, that would be the way out. It was, it was really a nice experience, and I think so far it's been fun. Yeah, it's been fun so far, and I think that that's what the program is actually designed for. And yeah, so, okay. So, at what point did you decide you were going to study abroad? You're going to. Okay, first, did you decide you wanted to move abroad and decided to do a master's, or was it, I want to study and then I have to look for a program? How, what was the decision process like for you? Um, actually, you know, it was, I was just speaking with a friend on the phone a few minutes ago, and okay. uh, like I told the guy, you know, that when the corona period started, yeah. I sat down and asked myself some frantic questions okay. like, um, so what's now? Yeah, I mean, I work as an agency with another gas firm in Nigeria, and then I work in an agency rather with another gas firm in Nigeria, and then my department basically is saddled with the responsibility of scheduling training for staff of the company outside the country, and based on the restrictions during COVID nineteen, invariably we are not going to walk all through COVID nineteen, and I was certain that even a year after COVID nineteen, there will still be some. Restrictions, restrictions yeah. no reasonable company would schedule any training for their staff outside the country until yeah. there were already restrictions for international flights and all of that. So I was like, I think this is going to be a long walk and it's not just going to end absolutely. Yeah. So I just had to sit down and like, okay, so I think I should start thinking of a way out. And yeah, journey, so yeah. that was how I. Just Googled some countries, of course, I've always had a thing for Germany and not, I mean, not want to go to UK. So I just said, okay, I have to learn a language and all of that. So I registered and that was it basically. So everything happened during the corona season. And yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned the pandemic because anybody that has followed news about the pandemic knows that 
something about that year was when a lot of people made very certain key life decisions. Exactly, exactly. Maybe it's because we had so much time to spend with exactly. ourselves. Time alone, I mean, just, you can imagine having to sit, just roughly a year now, having yes, to sit for a year doing nothing, you are not earning any salary, and then you have to eat, you have to pay house rent, and man, it was, it was really a lot, so... I think it was really, I, I thanked it then, um, I gave it a name. Um, <laughs> I can't even really remember now, yeah. but uh, there was this revival, yeah. Okay. It was a revival period for me because okay. I wasn't going out. Yeah. I mean, there were restrictions all over the places. You can't even, you remember then, soldiers were on the on highway. the highway in certain I mean, places, yes. not allowing people to travel. And so it was, so I was like, I mean, how, how, how do we continue from here? So... It was really a revival period for me, so I just thought, no, I think I have to think about something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to be a long time, so yeah, that was it basically for me. And that you mentioned it, I also think, being that you personally are an extroverted person, I imagine that it must have been very tough for you to like wake up every day, exactly. be in your house, in a country like Nigeria, exactly. there might be no light. Exactly. You just have exactly. to for things to keep exactly. yourself busy. Exactly. And, you know, the fear of you are not earning anything, mm. no salary, but you have to feed, you have to clothe, you have to. Well, you, you not was to, not really yeah, yeah, because, because you are not going anywhere. Yeah. But feeding yeah. was the and most the important thing, and the rent. And it was at that point in time that my landlord was, you know, trying to increase the house rent. And, you know, so it was it was really a lot, and I mean, it was it was really a lot. But we thank God we are here today. You know, in my own case, I had left my job in. End of February. My last day at work was twenty eighth February. I was supposed to start another job. We've gotten the invite. We've done every. We've done the documentation. We're supposed to get. We've been invited for the onboarding. Shortly after the government announced the lockdown. Wow. That's why I didn't start that job. Do you know the when the job came back again for us to start was sometime twenty twenty one. But then I was working with. The other bank job I told you about. Mm-hmm. So like almost one year, nothing was nothing. done. Yeah. So imagine having and the job I left. I mean, I could have continued, but because I had left because I knew something was coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. So this was me every day of my life. I had nothing to do. You can't imagine. But of course, like you said, you have to pay bills. You have yeah. to eat. Yeah. And it didn't matter that the whole world seemingly closed. Yeah. Those bills had to be paid. Yeah. Yeah. And of exactly. course, like yourself too, it maybe also said thinking, what were the options? Though for me, I've already thought that I was going to, I wanted to start my master's in 2020. But in my mind, it was going to be towards the end of the year. Okay. But when the pandemic happened, I was like, can we, can, was this even going to be possible? Mm-hmm. A part of me also left it in the back burner until like towards the, Middle of the year, that's why I like, okay, I have to really sit up and start thinking, which is when I start my own German language classes mm-hmm. and start working towards the whole thing before it's now clicked. It, it was, it was really a, a very, I mean, it was, I mean, it was traumatic for some persons, you know, it was, it was really a tough time, especially not getting, you know, anything from the government, yeah. the palliative we were entitled to, they hid it. Wow. You know, when other countries of the world were doing fine, helping their citizens and, you know, but I mean, that's the way. Over, yeah. <laughs> so let's not dwell too much on the pandemic. So let's talk about Germany. You could have gone to any other country, mm. but you chose Germany. Why yeah. Germany? Actually, I've always... Have a thing for Germany, especially the economy. Okay, I like the economy. It's very viable. It's I mean, although before I came in, you know, I did a lot of research. There are a lot of things out there about racism and I, oh, okay, well, let's go there and let's go see. And I can say so far that I mean, I've not experienced anything outrightly of such. So yeah. I've always loved the economy, how viable the economy is. Aside that, I'm this kind of child that has always wanted to travel very far from home yeah. and to to a very hot place that yeah. nobody would have imagined or that. About. Ah, what are you doing in this? <laughs> Imagine people are traveling to US, people are traveling to UK especially. Yeah. And then here is Kenny, Germany. So the question is, why not? How did, yeah, how did you how did you think about it? So, you know, I told my I've always loved the place, and it's somewhere I would, you know, really want to be somewhere I would really want to settle. And I mean, these are some of the decisions I'm yet to make fully, like fully. But I can tell you, fifty percent. I think I would like to 
stay here and yeah. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I've been to the UK. It's it's not it the place like I want to settle. You know, yeah. I've not been to Canada. I've not been to US. Although I planned on going to the US this year, but let's see. And so basically, that's just it. And yeah. Yeah, and there's this question I've always wanted to ask you. So since we're here, let me let, let me as well ask it. You are, you have a twin, mm-hmm. and sometimes I wonder. From what I know, you you and your twin brother are quite close, and I'm wondering has there been ever been a time when you were so far from each other because you've not gone back to Nigeria since you left Nigeria. Yeah, actually, actually, we have we have you know, <laughs> funny enough. Yeah, I've been apart from my twin since 2012. Okay, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, you know, I was in the Polytechnic for two years. Yeah. He was already working in Lagos. And then um, the last semester of my ND2, I gained admission to the university for my degree. Okay. So from the university, from the Polytechnic, I just took some of my books home. And then I spent a week at home. And then I just moved straight down to Uniben. So spent four years in the university, at university yeah. whereby I only go once in a year, that's December. Okay. So I, I literally see him once in a year, and like... that's December, and I spend maybe like a week okay. at home then, I'm back to school again. Okay. And then, of course, after my university, I stayed back in Benin. I started working there, and he was still in Lagos. Lagos yeah. Even when I started working, I still go once a year. Once a year. So I mean, it's it's we only basically you know connect emotionally, psychologically, and then have a lot of conversations on phone and all of that. So it's it's not just a thing of now; it's been a thing of okay. yeah, like forever. Yeah, I think I should mention it too because. You know how twins most times they are so similar. Yeah. I don't. I've never met your brother. We've never spoken. But from the much I've known about him, from what you've said, it also seems like you guys have different life. Yeah. Like people are your individual selves. Mm-hmm. You don't seem to be that connected in the way that you see twins to be connected. They are almost like if you see one, you see the other one. Mm-hmm. But again, like like I said, I don't know him yeah. personally, so I yeah. can't tell. Now let's go into the topic properly. Money. So. When you were coming here, let's even start. How did you did you have some euros when you were coming? How did you find the money? Not necessarily how you made the money, but yeah. how did you were able to convert and get the cash when okay. you moved here? When you moved to to Germany? Yes. Actually, when I was coming, I had um I had some euros. I think about nine hundred and fifty euros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had dollars cash at hand. Then about uh. But I think I think about the one thousand two fifty US dollars cash at hand aside the one in my bank. Okay. So I exchanged that in Lagos and then I had about I think nine fifty euros. So I had nine fifty euros cash with me because I knew I had to get an apartment yeah. and so since I've not started working working yet, I need to come along with so some yeah, cash. Yeah. So when I got here, I saw an apartment and I had to pay cash and blah, blah, blah. I took a cab from the airport. So it was the money I basically used to sustain myself before we started getting a grant for... for okay, for the Erasmus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So I imagine... Okay, for me, for instance, I didn't have... I didn't come with as much cash as you did. I think I came with just $400. And I didn't change mine to Euro. Okay. Again, I think my brother and sister that it's going to... I'm going to get a fairer rate in Euro. I didn't know why he said that. Well, he said I was going to get a fairer rate from dollar to okay. Euro than I would have gotten in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, that's fine. So I came into this country... Oh, you know, we're in Austria first. Yeah, yeah. I came into Austria with zero, zero Euros. When I got to the airport, I had to stop a taxi. I told the guy, first, you need to f- help me find a place where I can change the money because I didn't have you. euros. He was able to, he now dropped me at the band hall. He pointed me to where I was able to change the money. Okay, he was able to help me arrange some of the other taxi drivers. One of them helped me change the money. So eventually I paid. So how much, how much was it converted to? I came with 400. It was 380 something. That it was converted to. Yeah. That was pretty low. Was it low? Yeah, like very low. Again, I don't know, but that's besides the point. So when we had to pay for the taxi, it was, I think, 25 euros okay. from the airport. And I thought... From the airport to your house, right? Yeah, you know, I was at that hotel that was uh, close to the yeah, bank hall. Yeah. So I was like, 25 euros. I, I was, basically, I, I didn't understand the value of the money. Because yeah. I was... First, this sounds like big money. Uh-huh. But then it's also like, is this how much it's meant to be? But of course, you know, they have this automated system yes. where you don't, I don't think they manipulated the figure. Yes, yes. But it was just that shock. Mm-hmm. Is this too much? Is this too little? Yeah. 
that was this for me. So I'm trying. What I'm going to ask you now is, how do you react when you had to make it? What was the first purchase you remember making when you got to Germany or Austria? The first what? Purchase you made, like first thing you bought. Um. Well, I think for me, shelter was the most important thing. Okay. Coming into Germany, shelter was the most important thing. You know, it, it was. I I actually bought, you know, clothes. From okay. Lagos, Jean, yeah. Odo, and all of them. So I knew that in the next one year, you wouldn't need clothes. I must, I, I, you know, I really would not need clothes at the end of the day. Yeah. So, but the most important thing for me coming because I stayed in an Airbnb. Yeah. So, was to get an apartment, and immediately I got the apartment settled in. You know, I can't start buying, knowing yeah. fully whether I don't have the house yet. Yeah. And I came with only now rather than. 50 you okay so if i spend that money anyhow and i eventually get an apartment how am i going to pay for the apartment yeah you remember we didn't work in austria yeah we were only living on grants we got from eu and we don't even know when there was this grant it's going to come and so it was a very tight budget that the only thing the money was meant for was to pay the house rent and, and to feed you. And when you consider the house, the cost of rent, yeah. you know you have to make um, that deposit you make, which is like two months of uh-huh. rent. Exactly, caution. Wait, okay. Do you know I never thought, I'm trying to do the maths <laughs> now. How did you manage it? Because in my case, I the front was not for my rent. Okay. Just, just something you have to hold yeah, in hand. Yeah. So when I was able to sort out the rent, I got money for it. Mm-hmm. That was saying specifically, this was for your rent. Okay. But again, I had to hold that... 400 till yeah. I got the next money I was supposed to come and the one the money was referring to was coming to my case I got extra money mm-hmm. I also have that I have friends who sent me money when I got there initially okay. but even at that I still didn't drip like you thinking about the figure you must have spent yeah. it's like at the end of the day you'd have less than 100 euros to hold on to yeah very true I was actually lucky lucky in the sense that um when I got to the apartment, yeah. when I got to the administration and office, yeah. they were actually running a promo at that time. Okay, yeah, you mentioned. So the house was at a, at yeah, a discount. Yeah, at a discounted rate yeah. then. So I really got it at that discount when everybody was for at least for my own my roommate was paying three fifty. I got yeah. it for two thirty five. Yeah. So I mean, I was very lucky at that point in time. So I, I, I would say it was, it was my luck. That <laughs> <laughs> was a miracle, to yeah. be honest. Two thirty-five euros was what I paid, and so I was like, okay, since I have nine something, yeah, let me just. So I paid for two months. Okay. So That's I, a question for yeah, I paid two months question fee, then I paid the answer for two months. Oh, okay. Let me know that in the it's next two months, I'm not burdening myself about... So basically, you're there starving. Yeah. No, I wasn't starving because I... It came, some I came, stuff I came, true. I came That's true. with foodstuffs from Nigeria and all. So, I was not like, okay, since we can't work here, so what's the means of survival? Survival. Then somebody told me about the uh, the plasma donation okay. center. And yeah. then when you donate, you get 30 years. Do you know what <laughs> After you donate, yeah. you know, you get your 30 euros. If, if you bring somebody, they give you 15 euros. Yeah. So basically, I was doing that twice a week. Yes. <laughs> yes. And in a week, I was getting, I was getting 60 euros. So I was like, okay, yeah, is it not just to donate plasma? <laughs> Let's go. And there were some weeks I got more because I introduced some other persons. And I remember introduced Michelle. Yeah, they, they wrote and my name. And, yeah. brought, was it your Michelle that brought me and I yeah. eventually didn't do it? Yeah, so, so that was it basically. So that was how we you know, were able to survive grants. Yeah. And after, you know, they started paying the stipend the the Erasmus fee and then what I just did was I just went to the admin office the moment I received the first payment of the Erasmus I paid for all the rent the rent at once let me know because shelter is actually very important, important it's you know? it can't be out it can't be living yes, outside in exactly. Europe anywhere in the world actually exactly. even if it's in Nigeria it's mm-hmm. easier to find someone that can accommodate you I mean and that's why this place is different from where we're going for years an individualistic individualistic society yeah we are coming from a collectivist a society, society. Yes, yeah. where everybody is just here yeah, nobody send you 
Nobody send your papa. You are even walking on the road. Nobody will Nobody. stop to pick you or help you or anything. Yeah, so. The thing is, just like you, when I got that first stipend too, I said, what am I going to use this? Because if I had the money in my account, it was definitely going to be spent. Mm-hmm. I, not like I'm, a, I'm going to just spend it anyhow, but just to make sure that money was used for something purposeful, mm-hmm. I put the money to sort out the rent. So I know if, I'm, if I have the rent sorted out, food is not going to be a problem. Exactly. Even if it's where I can lie on my stomach, mm-hmm. that's what I told myself. And it turned out it worked because yeah. I didn't have to bother about my rent all mm-hmm. the time I stayed. Mm-hmm. So the money I used for my upkeep was the stipend you get from home, which in my case I was lucky. Yeah. I mean, if I didn't get that, maybe I would have still resorted to the whole um, plasma thing. Yeah, yeah. And now that, do you know, I've totally forgot about the plasma thing because, <laughs> and you got, you were particularly committed to it. Yeah, I did. Like, Almost every, every week, twice every week. I texted you, twice you were every there, week, you know? and it's like I was worried for you and Michelle. And even at point, they told Michelle to stop. Yeah, because she was short of plasma. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that, that was a moment. So, but then when you start making purchases, like buying food stuff, mm-hmm. buying you rather bought clothing, grass. Yeah, even. yeah. So, how do you determine that the price you are paying for this is worth the um? Is it experience or the yeah. cause? Like you are getting value for your money when you are making purchases. Well, How do you determine that? Yeah, the first thing I do in determining that is ask myself, do I really need this thing now? Okay. You know, that's a very important question for me. Because, you know, here, the as you hand the money, before you open your eyes, close your eyes, if you are it not careful, finish. it's finished by yeah. the time you pay your house rent, you pay your insurance, the tax, your salary, boop. Everything. Everything is gone. So the question I ask myself whenever I want to buy anything is if it is not important, even up until now. Yeah. I mean, I don't have any other source of income, income just yeah. one source of income. So if it's not important, I'm not going to buy it. So that's the first thing I, you know, put into perspective. It's not even the price now. It's yeah. not the price. I mean, I bought shoes worth over a hundred and fifty euro because I felt okay. Yeah, I really like this, and then I have that cash to buy it at that point yeah. in time but aside that if that thing is not extremely important, important i don't buy it okay i don't buy it so you remember when we even did the shopping in Graz? then it was because sales was on yeah and things were pretty much cheaper and then i was like okay yeah. yeah i think yeah i can buy this can and then exactly so i just don't you know buy because here is not Nigeria. Nobody go give you anything. Nobody go give you shishi. She you know, my mother was praying money like yeah. uh, small work, big money. I said small work, big money. Yeah. Doesn't work <laughs> here they pay you per hour. Yeah. Like they calculate how many hours have you worked. Enter it into the system. Yeah. And the thing will not even increase by one cent. It will not. It is that exact hour that you enter as your worksheet. That they pay you. True. So there's nothing like you will see money on the floor. Mm-hmm. Or you will, I mean, here is more or less like a cashless society. society. Yeah. Nothing like you will see money on the floor. Nothing like somebody will just call you, oh, you are doing better. Take, take 10 euro, take 5 euro, take this. It's not possible. So that's why, uh, you know, you have to be very calculative. Yeah. Very, very calculative in your spending and then you just have to limit your cost. That's it, basically. Yeah, but then, did you have this same attitude in Nigeria? Did it start from here? Actually, in Nigeria, I, I'm a fan of shoes. Okay. Yeah, so I yes. had a lot of shoes when I was in Nigeria. Yeah. I had a lot, a lot. In fact, you need to see my shoe rack. Okay. And my shoes are very expensive. I wear very expensive no, shoes. In terms of shoes, I can confirm that. You so, shoes. And so, you ones too. So, the point basically is, yeah, in Nigeria, I can see a shoe and I'm like, ah, man. Even when I was in the university, yeah. I was buying, as a student, I was buying, in my under level, I was buying a shoe as much as 12K, 17K, 15K, yeah. you know. But coming here, yeah, I still have shoes, mm-hmm. but it's not as compared as <laughs> to the one you had in Nigeria. I had in Nigeria because here everything needs to be calculated. Yeah. You need to calculate everything, every cover you spend has to be calculated. And Without calculating it, if you just, you know, here as the money comes, it goes if you are not careful. Yeah. And you realize by the end of one quarter, you've earned maybe about 3,500 euros and you've not even saved 500 euros. Please don't embarrass me. <laughs> don't, 
Don't just do that, please. And you can't even say five months, and then you start asking yourself, like, three months gone? You get... See, let me let me just chip in this. In Nigeria, I, see, I've never been a spendthrift. I, I always have that mindset that you have to calculate whatever you have to do. I used to have... I don't know how to do that, but there was a time in my life when I started working initially, at the end of every month, I have a book. If I, look, if I go back to my house, I look for that, I can find it. It's everything I'm supposed to spend in that month. I write it down. How much is my salary? I write it down. I calculate. This, and there's also, for me, it was also, I had a specific amount I said I was going to save. If I do my budget and it's more than what I have, first of all, I remove my savings. Mm. So this is what I'm working with. What do I need to remove? What can I postpone next month? I was that detailed in mm-hmm. my budgeting and I was doing it and it became a part of me that even without the booklet, I can still call. Yeah. Which yeah. when I, I left the booklet. But the truth is, here, I'm not, I didn't become a spendthrift. I've not started spending more. But I just realized I'm struggling with money the way exactly. I do struggle exactly. in Nigeria. And it's still very hard for me to come to terms with it mm-hmm. in terms of what am I doing wrong? I didn't start, because I can't really say I've been spending money unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. But somehow, it's just not math. The math yeah. is not mathing. It's not adding up. In Nigeria, actually, the only thing I don't budget on is food. Okay. I don't do budget on food. For food, yeah. I spend a lot on food. I eat, you know, as much as possible. But, you know, here you are lazy to cook. You've gone to work and all of that. You are psychologically tired. So, mm-hmm. basically, this attitude, I, I formed it for Nigeria. That's why the fact that I love shoes. Yeah. If it is still not extremely, you know, I have to be solely attracted to that issue thing before I would even, you know, spend whatever. Yeah. So, and coming here was not difficult for me. You know, even at times I used to tease you that ah, first they got yeah, first they got people you first they got yeah, because I mean, I've estimated all my bills for the month, and so what I just used to maybe send an extra amount into the account and yeah. I know that mm, I lock it. Okay. And then every other expenses has to wait till to the next month. The next month. Yeah. So that's just it basically. I mean that's the only way to survive here yeah, if you want to have savings. Sure. Yeah. I mean for for me I think I I want to go back to that method of writing down everything mm-hmm. just so I don't end up not saving anything at the exactly. end of the month. And, and, and you know, another thing is I think when we also complete our programs and we get a permanent job, the narrative yeah. would also Definitely, change. Yes. In the sense that, yeah, of course you'd aim a bit higher, much more higher, yeah. and then you have the privilege of doing two jobs. So it would now be your choice. Choice, yeah. Whether you want to do, you know, more than one job, or you job. want to do one job, I've already decided I'm not doing more than one. So, exactly. <laughs> so it depends on you, but I mean, you cannot be so sure. For instance, let's say um, I'm planning on getting married, uh, I'm bringing my wife over, yeah. and then my wife is yet to get something, a job, and all of that. Uh, she needs to go to school. I need to pay for her rent. I need to pay my insurance. I yeah. need to pay her insurance. High insurance. Yeah. At the end of the day, we need to feed yeah. before you know it. What I hate at that point is cannot sustain both of us. So it's either I find another source of income, yeah, or I do two jobs because, of course, I don't want my wife to, you know, start doing some, you know, dirty jobs like True. maybe cleaning, cleaning and all of that. Blah blah blah. No, I wouldn't want that. Yeah. So it's it's just like that. So you can never say. Never. When the reality sets in, true. you are just according to the reality, true, not by true, what you want. True. Because it's so simple. Okay, let's say your wife is going to school and she did not get a scholarship. She has to pay in a semester or in a month about 600 euros. Can we, can we not do that? That's not like the very future. I don't know what that's going to happen. But I see what you mean because at the end of the day, we are just to situations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Taking us back to the answers time, when it's and when it's not answer, sorry, the pandemic. Yeah. When it started, I had some money saved up, which again came in handy at the time because I was not working. Mm-hmm. But so one of the things that happened was that my but my expenses dropped drastically because I had to be very intentional about yeah. cutting out everything that I don't mm-hmm. need just so I don't spend money yeah, and then be stranded exactly. in a situation where I can no longer pay. And nobody's going to help you at that point. Exactly. Everybody's in the same situation. Exactly. So I think also when the reality sets, when maybe the expenses increase, 
you will be forced to mm-hmm. maybe take up extra jobs exactly. or do whatever. So, so many at times it's not explicitly the, the intention of the intention person. of the person. To, yeah. I mean, and here it's so funny. It's so funny here. Let's okay. say for instance, you start working, you earn two five. You know, after the tax and everything, the money is two five. Forty percent. Yeah, let's say it's okay, two, five. two five. Yeah. You know, they've removed the tax. You have two five left. In a two-room apartment, two-room parlor, you are paying, let's say, one, two. Exactly. Right? How much would you be left with? You'd be I left with about one, three. Right? Now, you pay your insurance, let's say, 250 or yeah. 300. Right? Maybe up to that. Yeah, I think it'd be about 250. That's or true. Our insurance is going to increase after yeah. our program. Exactly, because you have Can to... Can I just slide I'm still a student? <laughs> so, you pay your insurance. Yeah. You pay your wife's insurance. These are necessities that True. you cannot do without. I True. mean, health is something you need to take seriously. True. You don't know what happens when. Pay your insurance. Pay your wife's insurance. What is left for savings? True. So you you would see that the situation naturally forces you to adjust to their reality. True. And maybe take up an extra yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. There's something you mentioned once where you said that it can be easier to run out of money here than it is in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Let's talk more about that. I mean, you've said, said a few things, but like, can you elaborate more on it? Why it could be easier to run out of money? Now, forgetting the fact that we have to pay taxes, yeah. that's composure. I mean, in Nigeria, I know I paid my tax because it's deducted from my slab. I don't think I pay as much tax as I pay here. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes. Yeah, so generally, why do you think it's easier to run out of money here than it is in Nigeria? Just throw more light why, on it. Why? Why said so is because, for instance, in Nigeria... There are people you can easily run to when you are broke, right? Somebody would always come to your aid. And then you can hardly, you you can plan that, okay, the next six months, there would not be inflation on certain things. These things would be like this. But here, remember, during the energy crisis, house rent was increased, right? Price of commodities was increased. increased. And they've increased again now. Insurance increased. increased. Yeah. Guess what? Salary remains the same. Wow. Unfortunately. Bus ticket, everything has increased. increased. Yeah. Yes, governments came up with some palliatives and they, you know, they subsidize, subsidize and maybe give you some, money. Give you some money. But the money, how, how much did I get? I got, got 300 euros. Yeah, that first time. Yeah. Are you getting it now? So, the point basically is when things go on the high here, okay, you don't get extra cash to complement for those extra expenses. Mm-hmm. It is still from that same thing that you are earning okay. that you use in complementing for the increment. Okay, and here any little you know crisis triggers everything. Everything. Because yeah. look at the weather situation. You can't you cannot do without it during winter. True. It's not possible. True. It's either you fall sick or in fact you don't even survive. And in summer as well, you cannot do without ventilation. You need ventilation in your own because it's just too harsh. And the truth is here, nobody's going to give you I've never seen anybody come out to say somebody gave me three euros, somebody gave me one euro. You are on your own. Sure. I mean, yeah, you can have friends that you can easily run to lab. Bro, I really need help with this. And then, okay, I lend you. You pay me back. But in Nigeria, you can see somebody that, I mean, my my boss has dashed me 400 k Cash, like, yeah. bank transfer, 400 Ah, Kenny, I know this COVID period, blah, blah, blah. Just take 400 k Yeah. Do you get it? So, like that, like that, like that. If you convert 100k to you, who is going to give you that here? Okay, I think I understand that. And to be honest, I've also had that experience. During the, during the um, COVID-19 again, I'm, I'm, I hate I'm bringing it up again. One of my employers added extra money to the amount they were paying me for okay. the I was rendering. Because okay. she found that I was I had stopped working. I didn't tell her anything, but we were talking about something. I mentioned I was like, and you didn't say anything. So she was adding extra amounts of to the money she was paying me for the yeah. I was renting for her every month continuously. Okay. Just because you've out of the job. Yeah. The money I'm paying for this service doesn't seem uh-huh. to be too much, but yeah. I can support you with extra. Yeah. Yeah. I have another client I did something for, I did a business with her. I was having I had a money about was it fifty K or so? 
Actually, I used the money. I read because I I wanted to do, I needed to get another passport. I used the money to have my passport. I wasn't know. I had extra money that if she needed that money, I'm going to give her. When we're not talking about it, it was like, you said my money. I said yes. So we were talking. She also mentioned to her. Uh, we talked about me not having a job. She was like, since you have my money, take it. Mm-hmm. This was fifty k. Yeah. This person and I have met like once or twice. Someone okay. connected us on the internet. She wanted something. I helped her to sort it out. The first time, second time she did, and I had that. I had her balance. Yeah. She was like. That's just how it is in Nigeria yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Even as as I am like this, last year was the first year I didn't get monetary gifts as my birthday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was sure, I was thinking too because I traveled. <laughs> in Nigeria, once it's my birthday like this, I think, was it 2020? That 2020 mm-hmm. pandemic, the month I used to pay my rent mm-hmm. was part of the money I got for my birthday. Okay. It was like, my birthday reached, this person was sending money. Yes, now. I'm like, oh, yes, okay. now. Right there to be paid, yes, and then this money is coming. I sorted it I out. I mean, you would even see some, you know, some ladies, their boyfriends send them money for upkeep for this, for yeah. that. Here, yeah. I don't think anybody does that. It is not like that. I remember speaking to someone here, and the person mentioned, instead of giving you the cash, I'll do the things you need for mm-hmm. you. Like, let's say you need, you tell me you need, instead of telling me, give me 10, 10 euros, tell me I want to use this 10 euros to buy food, I'll buy yeah, you the food. Exactly. All right. Exactly. For me, because also I'm a Nigerian, I would rather actually give, if I know you need money, I would rather give you the money because I'm yeah. thinking you have needs. Mm-hmm. If I give you money, you can decide which one is most important exactly. and you sort it out. Exactly. As opposed to me trying to. And do you know what I saw something else? Yes, yeah. we have good people in Nigeria as well. It's not that we don't have good people here too, but the way the society works, yeah. yeah. It's set up that anybody can thrive. Yeah, like the way it's structured. They just don't, you know, they, they, they are good people, no yeah. doubt, but they don't believe in, you know, all this, you know. Depending on people exactly. for anything. You know, they don't they don't really believe it. They just feel, mm. I mean, and that's why they don't really care because, for instance, here now, you have issues, you want to the government, they solve it for you, you know, and all of that. They too, do not forget, nobody's giving them freedom. Sure. But in Nigeria, I mean, our system, you know, we have some leakages. Everywhere. Somebody can just do, you know, one small ones now. Maybe something that's supposed to be one million. The mm. person makes uh, 15 million. Yeah. So nobody is asking any question. True. But here, it is what you work for. That you get. That you get. So somebody that worked, worked their ass out to earn a, a, a certain amount there. of money. You can't just expect them to just give it out anyhow. To just give it out anyhow. And I think the most important thing is that they have a system that works. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, even if I don't have a job, I think there's some, um, let's say, some government policies that can yeah. help me get some money yeah. to thrive. Mm-hmm. So when we have things like that, it's almost believed that everybody can thrive. Yeah, exactly. So which is means nobody's thinking about helping exactly. the other person. So like in Nigeria, where... Mm-hmm. In Nigeria, we need each other. Yeah, yeah. And if you're lucky, you have a family where everybody's doing well. That means you're very lucky. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's just one person that is doing well in this family and they have to care for the other person. Exactly. And you know, sometimes not doing well is not because you're you not trying. Yeah. But yeah. because there's no system in place. There's exactly. hardly enough job for exactly. you to do. Exactly the point. Even if you are doing business, sometimes you don't make enough exactly profit. And I think point. that makes, that kind of makes us have that culture where mm-hmm. people always have to help each other because we don't do that we end up collapsing as a society together you know i was talking to someone and the person told me kenny what's the worst thing that can happen i mean let's say you went to school you didn't get a job on time like what's the worst thing that can happen and the worst thing that can happen is there's always something to do yeah because the way you remember when we were in Austria? yeah some persons that did not want to go to school if you want to play football Government has yeah. a team where you can go register and all of that, and they pay you every month, you know. So, but in Nigeria, it, just things don't it is exist. just, you know, one-way traffic. It's either you do this to survive or you don't survive at all. So I think these are some of the differences, and yeah, so basically. Okay, so let's talk about how you manage your funds particularly. What concrete actions do you take at the end of every month to make sure that you don't run out of cash, that your fund is well managed? Because I imagine someone could be listening and thinking, we've talked about all of these money problems, mm-hmm. but what can one do? Personally, I also need the answers because it's like, I feel like I'm struggling in the way that I never struggled with in Nigeria. <laughs> and it's not because 
I mean, when you come back the money I have here, it's more what I want to get yes, in Nigeria, yes. but somehow I'm struggling. So, what concrete actions have you taken or do you take to make sure you're able to manage your funds? The simple answer to it is, you know, I sat down one day and I told myself, nobody's going to help you if you don't help yourself. Sure. Here, you run into a problem, nobody, nobody except God mm-hmm. is coming to well, help you. Yeah. You have to help yourself. So, having that at the back of <laughs> Okay. Having that at the back of my mind, mm-hmm. once it's 25th mm-hmm. and my salary comes, mm-hmm. my house rent is 233, mm-hmm. my insurance pay. Once I sum up those two, mm-hmm. I had maybe about 100 euro mm-hmm. to the money, mm-hmm. I transfer it to my expense account. Okay. You see the rest? Lock up. Locked. Okay. So if that money now finishes, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah, or yeah, we have to wait till the next month. Okay. So because the point is, you now I've asked myself, and I, I mean, and it, that's the truth. Nobody's actually coming to help you. True. It's either you help yourself, or you're stuck. Oh, you're stuck. Then I don't want to start. You know, you can imagine, and people in Nigeria don't even know what. You are going through you like, ah, you're outside the country, so it just assume be that uh, you, have you have a lot of money, you are doing fine and all of that, but it's not. Imagine in UK, aside house rent, you pay for light separately, mm-hmm. you pay for water separately, you pay for waste bin separately, Definitely. you pay for gas separately. Are you getting it now? For how so, much? On top of how much? Exactly my point. So you cannot imagine, you can imagine like... Having to do all of that. Having to do all of that and then you don't have to be, you know, uptight with your budget. The most annoying thing for me is having to work for a certain time. Mm-hmm. And I ask myself, how much have you saved? Oh, this I don't, I, 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 I don't know how people feel, yeah. but I, it annoys it's me a lot. It's it annoys me that I've worked for four months and I have nothing. You worked more than four no, months. I, yeah, I'm just saying it. Yeah. For, for example, like, and I have nothing to show, show for it. Yeah. Our savings. Ah. You just get angry unnecessarily. See, you get frustrated unnecessarily. This has actually been me for the greater part of this month. I mean, I didn't start working as early as you did. And I'm thinking about it like, I think I had more money when I was not working and I was trying on people to help my life. But it's like, I'm looking at my, I don't have any savings. I'm sorry. And everyone that hears this that knows me will be surprised because that's not the way I mm-hmm. live. I usually have my, my savings, no matter how little. I always keep some money. Like, that's been my life. But here, it's like, I'm basically struggling. And this conversation you've been talking about, I've worked for this month and this month, and what am I showing? What do I have to show for? For me. That's basically what I've been asking myself for since me, this month. It's so frustrating, you know. It is, like, I can imagine. Like, even when, you know, when I came in, my brother supported me with some, you know, cash for my proof of fund and all of that. Yeah. And... When I started work, I had to, you know, pay him back. Yeah. Do you know how difficult it was as I hand the money every month? And you're sending to Without him. taking one cover from the money, yeah. I send everything. I did that all through the period, you know, I had to pay back the money. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, it didn't pressurize me, it didn't put any yeah, for someone. I just wanted to... You have to, to be in the pre- on the pressure yourself. You know, sort it out. And I did that. And for the months that I did it, you know, my account was within zero and I was like, and I'm working. So that alone, but the, for my own case, you know, the blocked account is still there. Yeah. And the money, I know, definitely is mine, right? Okay. But that's why the fact that the money in the block account is mine. I'm still angry. I can imagine. That I'm working. And there's nothing to And there's nothing to show for it. I totally understand. So it's, it's a very, you know, a very, you know, dicey situation that you just have to come to terms with that. Oh boy. You have to do something. You have this. to. It's either, you know, you do it or nobody's coming to help you. Sure. So, 
Okay, I think we're going to round off. I think we've made very, you've made very clear points. You just have to sit with yourself mm-hmm. and decide you have to do something. I'm going to ask you this question, which uh, is a bit comical. I think that will be the last, one of the last few questions. Have you ever wanted to buy something and you find yourself calculating and trying to convert to Naira? When oh. you do that, how do you navigate <laughs> such things? Uh, actually, that was when we just arrived. Okay. Grant. Yeah, I did that a lot when we arrived. Grant, okay. you know, like the first time I wanted to go back my hair, and the guy was telling me 20 euro and I converted 20 euro to now and it was about over 6,000. Like, why? And I, I wanted to buy Bafu. Mm-hmm. And you know the way Afu is now? Yeah. In few weeks after Babi. It's grown back. It's grown. That tell the guy what? Scraping. <laughs> that was how I came back to low cuts. Okay. So I know that low cuts, oh. I can carry low cuts for more a than a time. <laughs> so... Stuff like that, yeah, yeah, but that was when we just came in. Came. But you know, subsequently, you get used. And now, say, if you want to buy something, you are seeing one euro, you don't even bother. Yeah, how much is one euro? How much is 99 cents? How much is you know, two, she be just two euros, she be just three, yeah. euros, you know. So, but it was when we just came in, but. I mean, after a while, you everybody out it. goes. For me, do you know, I, never, I, I didn't ever do that. Because I've always knew, maybe because I had friends who I already knew that, that was something that happened. And I didn't see the sense in it because I'm thinking, this is a different country, these are different currencies. Mm-hmm. Cost of living is different. You just have to understand the cost of living. That's how I approached it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I already knew, okay, this is, I knew this is the price of this. I need it. There's nothing I can do about it. Even if I convert it to Naira, exactly. I'm still going to pay by need exactly. to So I didn't exactly. bother. But there's something that happened recently. When I got this laptop, I told my friend about it. It was like, I told him how much it costs. It was like, how much? okay, before I bought the laptop, brother, how much is in Naira? That's when I thought, okay, let me even calculate and tell him. When I calculated it, I told him the figure. I was like, that's big. That's actually what I was like, do I even need this laptop? <laughs> I've already remember I was going to buy the laptop. I've seen mm-hmm. the price. I said I was going to go there on social and so there. Just I mentioned a friend, he was asking the price. When I made I converted, I didn't know after the call, I sat down for over 30 minutes and I was thinking. Thank you. So you spent you this? get I'm like, do I need to spend this amount of money mm-hmm. on this laptop? You know, that that being said, I, I'm actually also something else came to my mind now. You know? That okay, if I, I, I want to change my laptop quite all right, but how about I buy it from Nigeria and they send it to you? You've and then somebody to me. send it to me. It cannot be as expensive as, and it will still be the same thing. But, but to be honest, I think it's going to be cheaper if you were in Nigeria and you buy the laptop because by the cost of sending, I think they're going to treat it as an exported product. Yeah, but I mean, how much again? How much will you? I don't know, but you have to find. Yeah, you are not spending up to. They would only wait. And then when okay, they but wait. then when I when they you know when I got my certificates in Austria, it was about twenty something thousand. Twenty something thousand naira. Yes, yeah, just for certificates to to ship it. Yeah, but actually, you know quite right that you can't spend hundred thousand naira to ship it. I don't think it's not possible. Not spend right? So now let's say. You do you know what it's? I wanted to buy a laptop. The guy was you told me one thousand two hundred and fifty euro. Convert one thousand two hundred and fifty euro to naira. No, let's let's do the mathematics. No, let's not. No, no, let's on the most serious note. Yeah, let's do the mathematics. Let's say the government's official rate. (laughs) No, I mean you would definitely use the black market. So So let's let's just let's 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 at seven hundred. Even though I know it's going to be more than that. Let's 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 check. Let's check. Um. What was this flutter with? Let's check flutter with and see. You know, let's just check. I think you can help. Are you seven? Are you seven hundred? And it's eight seventy five k. But first, you know, it's going to be more than seven hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be close to eight hundred at the yes, very least. Yes. So let's say maybe eight hundred. Wow. So one thousand two hundred times eight hundred. Hey, do you know you are really hot in my job because that's nine sixty. Do you know? So now imagine I want to buy that type of laptop yeah. in Nigeria. It's not going to be it up will, to much. at most. Maybe the laptop will be at let's say maybe five hundred k. Five hundred k. Maybe. Yeah. Do you understand? So do you can you see how much I would have? I get your point. Safe, but I mean you can actually try and find out. So I'm even thinking now, yeah. self. Maybe I will buy the laptop. Or maybe when I see someone going to Nigeria, Nigeria, I'll buy the laptop from Nigeria. Okay, maybe that. Because I've been thinking about... See, I don't want to think about how much I spent on my laptop. Because I legit sudden I was wondering, do I need this? Do I even have this kind of money to spend? For me, that's by the way. So, so it's it, 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 it just... Um, it, 
you know, it's it's God will see us through. That's all I have to true, say. True. God so, will see us through. Is there something we should have talked about in terms of this topic that you think we left out? Um, is there? Well, the only thing I would just say is anybody that wants to travel out of the country, the person should be prepared mentally. Okay. I mean, don't have a lot of high expectations. Yeah. Um, I will see money on the floor. Somebody will dash me money or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Nobody is going to do it. And don't ever think that automatically, you know, you just get in. You are rich when you convert your money to Naira. True. But being here... You're broke You are You are broke. Broke, broke, broke. And you cannot say... You cannot ca- evaluate your richness based on Nigeria's standard. You yeah. evaluate your richness based on, you know, the country where, where you live. You stay. Yeah. So, it's just that, so you don't have a lot of disappointment when you eventually sure. come and you see that, ah, um, I, don't, I mean, it took, I mean, Mirai was telling me it took her about a year to get a job. Yeah. Yeah, in Germany. So mm-hmm. you can imagine that kind of situation. situation. But nobody would tell you this side of the story. I mean, mine that, took about four months. Yours yeah. took about just one yeah. month. So it's it that we're even different. Exactly. We're together, but we have different exactly. timelines. Yeah. So don't have that high hope and expectation that immediately I come, I'll start, you know. Earning, carrying money, there will be money all over the streets. That it doesn't work, so so that I don't end up having a reality shock. Yeah. Those are very important points, and it's good thing that you mentioned it. You don't have to compare. For me, I feel like in Nigeria I was richer. I know it may sound problematic, but I think I was more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I could do more things financially exactly. than I can do here. And you know, we we also have to consider the standard of. Living yeah. as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I totally understand it. So, but just as Kenny said, if you're coming abroad, just know that you might actually be among the poorest people in the country mm-hmm. where you're going to be mm-hmm. for the time being. Mm-hmm. So, you're able to get decent jobs. So, just have an open mind and be open to adjust to the system you find yourself exactly. in. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, Kendi. We spent a long time talking about this. I imagine that whoever listens is going to learn new things. Yeah, I hope so too. Thank you very much for doing this. And like you already mentioned, we have to do an episode where we talk about our journey from Nigeria, Nigeria to Austria and then here. Yeah. Once again, thank you. And of course, if you listened up to this point, thank you for listening and joining me. It's been my pleasure talking about these things. And I'm glad I'm doing it because you're here to listen. Please subscribe or follow on your most preferred um, platform, um, podcast streaming platforms. Do share with your friends and most importantly, come back for the next episode. Thank you once again for listening. Do enjoy the rest of your day. Bye.